You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. Holy crud, is it hump day already? Yeah, it's hump day already. How about that? I'm going to open, uh, well, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, kids want this time of year for, uh, for Christmas, you know, whatnot, or, or maybe Hanukkah, maybe you do it that way, but, you know, obviously Christmas is a big deal to uh, people who celebrate Christmas and Christians and all of that, and, uh, you know, a lot of things that we ask for as adults, too, that uh, sometimes we get, but I got to tell you, I, I think Santa uh, and the elves arrived a little early for the old uh, Carson household, and to you as well, <coughs> did you know you already got a gift? Did you already know that? Uh, Kevin McCarthy is resigning from Congress. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy is resigning from Congress. He's going to end leave at the end of the year. So uh, no doubt, I, I have a good feeling that he was behind that George Santos thing, and now he's leaving into the end of the year. So what he wants to do, I, th- I think personally what Kevin McCarthy wants to do, he's throwing a little tim- temper tantrum as he leaves. He's doing. Uh, he's probably going to become a board member at Fox News like uh, Paul Ryan, who still thinks he holds sway uh, in some way, shape, or form in the Republican Party, about as much sway as Liz Cheney. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kevin McCarthy, he's doing like Barack Obama, what Barack Obama did when he l- left the White House. I always use the analogy. Remember that, uh, that uh, Joker movie? Uh, that was with uh, Heath Ledger, and he was the Joker, and he's uh, dressed in the nurse outfit, and he uh, is walking away from the hospital, and he has the he has the explosive device trigger, and he pops it, it won't work, and it won't work. Kevin McCarthy's doing like Barack Obama did. I said that Barack Obama set up Washington D.C. to be where we are today. All right, all of this collapse, all of this nonsense. He put in, in, uh, in. Uh, he got it going. He got the ball rolling. He's still pulling the strings. Don't get me wrong, but he got the ball rolling. And when he left the White House, he walked away coolly from the mess that he made, and he lit a cigarette and he flicked it into a stream of gasoline from Washington D.C. and then uh, unemotionally walked away as it blew up. That's what Kevin McCarthy is attempting to do with the uh, Republican Party. He didn't get his way, so now he is going to he's going to become a uh, what is it a uh, bone in the craw. Uh, that's an old old timey expression. A, a bone in the craw, which means you're choking. All right, of the uh, of the Republican Party and of Washington D.C. He's going to leave his mark, even though he uh, was a very very short time he spent as the uh, Speaker of the House and and was rejected because you know what he did a really crappy job. So there you go. He didn't fulfill the tenets of his contract to become the speaker, and he uh, he lied about it, and he got fired. That's what happens. That's what happens, and it's and it's actually kind of glorious. Uh, something that is, um, uh, you know, normally we don't talk about liberal Hollywood, but there's a passing of a legend in Hollywood. And I'll just give you a sneak peek of uh, how this person impacted my life and the lives of millions and millions of people about 45 years ago. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. These are the greatest TV theme songs in the history of television, and they were all a product of Norman Lear. Guys like us, we had it made. Come on! Those were the days. And you knew when you were there. Yeah, we're moving on. 
Supposedly, according to Generation Z, I guess, and a lot of leftists, so we are more racist than ever. We are the most racist country in the history of the world. Well, I hate to tell you this. Back in the 1970s and the 80s when I grew up, these were the TV shows that America watched. Good times and all in the family were mirrors of one another. They were black, lower middle class family, white, lower class middle fa- middle class family. Both of them had silly, you know, to some degree, a little bit of racism going on. There was a, George Jefferson was a little racist. Archie Bunker was a little racist. But you know what? They didn't hate. They didn't hate each other. Archie Bunker didn't hate black people. George Jefferson didn't hate white people. But they both were, they were... And George Jefferson was part of uh, of uh, the Jeffersons, but but all of the family in good times were very similar. The Jeffersons was George Jefferson. He was Archie Bunker, black version of Archie Bunker, and he moved up the east side, and he made it. He got a deluxe apartment in the sky, and he had a maid who's Lenny Kravitz's mother. By the way, did you know that? Yeah, the maid, George Jefferson's maid on the show. Lenny Kravitz's mom. Downstairs, there was a, a couple, an interracial couple, a white guy and a black woman, and they, you know, they loved each other, and, and George Jefferson would throw shade on them all the time, and it was funny, and then there was this English neighbor across the hall who was bat guano crazy and all that, and then you had the uh, Archie Bunker and Edith. They lived there in this little house with a crappy television, an old, uh, an old chair that is now in the Smithsonian Institution that's held together by duct tape. And it wasn't, we, nobody gave a crap about racism. Because we all had to give along. We all had to get along. We all had to, we had all to scrape by with what we had. We're lucky we got them. Good times. J.J. Walker, you may not know J.J. Walker, you millennials, maybe a Gen Z, or certainly not. J.J. Walker was a black comedian, and, uh, and he's still around, by the way. And, and he had an expression, a signature expression. It was dynamite, man. And all of the kids in my school, even though we are white, uh, white, you know, Christian kids living in Neola, Iowa, going to a little dinky elementary school, and we all wanted to be like J.J. Walker, man, Dynamite. They even made up a magazine about it. When I was in fifth and sixth grade, Scholastic Books, a magazine called Dynamite Magazine. And my generation, Generation X, by the way, we kind of just, we, we graduated from college, we started having children, we changed the friggin' world, and we didn't make a big deal out of it. But that's what we were raised on. That's the TV we were raised on. I remember when I was, uh, when I was growing up, and I'm saying this because Norman Lear died, and Norman Lear was a liberal. And that's great. Because this is what liberalism used to be. Liberalism meant open-minded. I found out that liberalism ceased being open-minded about 30, 35 years ago when I was looking at the uh, academic settings in places like Columbia, Missouri, where I lived. 
where liberalism went from from uh, open-minded to uh, you can't be conservative and you can't disagree with us or we're going to call you racist and then we're going to say your words are weapons and they hurt people. But Norman Lear was a liberal, and I could watch his show, and I could disagree with some of the things on the show. And, and Archie Bunker, in his little house, <clears throat> where, he, where he scraped by, uh, and, and he had a little television and crappy furniture and all of that stuff, and lived the lower middle class dream, I guess. He had a gay character on who gave him a kiss. Who was that gay character? Sammy Davis Jr., no gay kiss? Yeah, try in 1973-ish or so. So all of you millennials or Gen Zers, I'm not calling out all of you, by the way. I'm just saying for those of you who, who think America's so bloody racist and we've never confronted this before and you're God in heaven, we've been talking about it for 50 years. Conservatives and, and, and the Republican Party has been talking about it since, I don't know, about 1861. What happened to liberalism? Well, I'll tell you, you know who's more liberal? A lot of conservatives. I'm more liberal than, than many. And the reason being is I am conservative to the core. Don't get me wrong, but I'll listen to you. I'll break bread with you. Most of my friends are liberals. They were uh, my real liberal friends in Washington, D.C., who have uh, many of them since disowned me for politics. That's not liberal. That's just being an ass. So I like to listen to what people have to say. Norman Lear, he brought this uh, this liberalism to America's living rooms. I, he, he went off the, you know, he jumped the shark a little. There was a TV show called Maud. It was a spinoff. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it wasn't very good. B. Arthur was in that. You know, it was pretty good. But, uh, but his, his, um, his storylines uh, broke racism. They broke the barriers between all of these things that, that suddenly the young, young people in university said, Oh, you were more racist and we haven't talked about this before. Well, you idiot, you were just born 20 years ago. What the hell do you know about it? So I, I, I want to do uh, pay tribute to, uh, to Norman Lear. He created lifelong heroes of mine and anti-heroes, by the way. Archie Bunker was kind of like my dad to some degree. My dad would say insensitive crap. He was World War II generation, but you know what? He served with black guys uh, during World War II guarding the Panama Canal. He had a good friend of ours, George Nelson, was our best friend in the world. My dad, black guy, about 20 years younger, would come out to our farmhouse in Iowa, and we'd, and we'd watch TV or we'd have a steak dinner, and it was no big deal. And my dad would say stupid crap every once in a while about, you know, and my mom would say, well, you know, the Germans are this way and the Italians are this way and guess what uh to some degree they are but norman lear uh you know i i will never the you know these these are the greatest theme songs in television history these are some of the great the greatest scripts ever written and they were they were earth shattering they were they were mind bending for those of you who maybe in your 20s did you realize the first gay character in a major television show do you know who that was go ahead and guess you won't get it Billy Crystal. What TV show? Soap. It was a TV show called Soap. The circa 1975. I was too young to really be into the show, and I thought it was kind of silly. I still do. But he was the first gay character. So all of you guys who say, LGBTQRSTUV, oh my God, we're so oppressed, oh my God. And, and you have been in the past. But they broached that 50 years ago. That's why my generation gives a collective meh when it comes to 
you know, things like uh, black and white people living together, uh, interracial marriage and relationships, gay relationships. We don't really care. We don't really care. That doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with the great, the, the, you know, the scheme of everything. You know, when it, when it comes to, to, to uh, gay people, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the church or the, the state ought to stay out of marriage. If, if gay people want to get married, they can get married. If they want to suffer like I have, they can do it. It's perfectly fine. And if there's a church that decides they want to, you know, uh, support gay marriage, then you can go to that church and get married. And if you're in that church and you don't want to be a part of that church, you leave the church. And, and overall, at the end of uh, the, this life, when we are uh, given this day of judgment, if, if in fact, if being a homosexual is, a, uh, is a, uh, an earth-shattering sin of epic proportions, then, then you'll go to hell. But I would venture to say that most of us have sins that uh, would be comparable or maybe even worse. But Norman Lear died at 101 years old. He was, uh, he was amazing, and he was a true liberal. And I have no problem with loving liberals. I have a problem with leftists, the people who think that we are the most racist and the most sexist and the most homophobic and the most this, and everything's bad and everything sucks, when everything is good and none of that stuff exists to the extent the left tries to. The left has co-opted it. Norman Lear exemplified it. So I want to do a start with that because it was a big deal. I remember when I was a kid, my dad, World War II veteran, white as white, although he was 25% Cherokee Indian. Uh, we, we watched Roots. Alex Haley had a show called Roots, and it was about slavery, and we saw Kunta Kinte being taken from Africa and enslaved in America, and we all didn't go, oh, man, that's good because we like slavery and we're white supremacists. We sat in horror. It, it, it made it real, even more real than the history books. And we were taught about slavery. I know, a big surprise to you, right? It's the thing about the smugness, the arrogance of, of being around not very long and thinking you know everything like AOC, and you really don't. You really don't. All you do is insult that has come before you and the progress we've made. God bless you, Norman Lear. Uh, Godspeed. I thought your stuff was great, and it, and it changed my life to some degree. Now, we got a lot of stuff to get to. I wanted to go off on that just because I just love the TV shows. They were, they were epic. On the way, Capitol Hill, all sorts of stuff. Chris Ray being grilled up. Uh, also, some, uh, some hoity-toity Karens who run some of America's biggest universities were on Capitol Hill talking about anti-Semitism and showing how, well, uh, close-minded they are. That and your phone calls at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. My favorite Christmas song of all time. Mannheim Steamroller. Steel Nacht. Silent Night. 1981-ish, I believe. I was in uh, freshman in high school, I believe. Absolutely, absolutely stunning. Okay, so uh, here's a theme to, uh, to good times. I want you to listen to this. I want you to think about where you are right now and what is going to get us through uh, where we are right now. I'm talking about this because Norman Lear passed away. Listen to this. This is Good Times. It's a, it's a show featuring a black cast about uh, middle-class America. Not getting hassled, not getting hustled, keeping your head above water, making a wave when you can. Temporary layoffs, good times. Easy credit ripoffs, good times. Scratching and surviving, good times. Hanging and jiving, good times. Ain't we lucky we got them, good time. 
you know, it was about the American dream. It still existed. America wasn't institutionally racist, and all your problems weren't uh, the white guys' uh, problems. Here's another one. This is uh, this is the Jeffersons. Yeah, uh, fish don't fry in the kitchen. Beans don't burn on the grill. It took a whole lot of trying just to get up that hill. Now we're up in the big leagues, getting our turn at bat. As long as we live, it's you and me, baby, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Living the American dream. George Jefferson. Oh, by the way, I was incorrect. I was incorrect, and thank you for correcting me. When it came to, uh, when it came to, uh, and, and listen, I haven't seen the shows in a hell of a long time, so forgive me if I, you know, I might miss a, a, a bit here. But uh, when it came to, uh, when it came to uh, the Jeffersons, Roxy Roker was Liddy Kravitz's mom. She played Helen. She was the black wife of the white guy. So they were interracial couple. Marla Gibbs was the maid. You got it. I stand corrected. So much for those years, years of bar trivia that I mastered. So. And then uh, the, the kiss that uh, Sammy Davis Jr. gave... Archie Bunker, and this could be debated, could Lee, my boss, he's saying uh, he kissed him on the cheek reaction was because he was black, not gay. All right, that, that's debatable because he was a man kissing a man, kind of a big deal. And, and Archie Bunker was kind of, you know, a racist, you know, but so was, uh, you know, so was George Jefferson. <laughs> it's just the way it was. And you know what? People didn't get all bent out of shape about it. There's, a, there's another old-time expression, not getting too bent out of shape when you get offended. Some, for some reason in this country, we decided for some stupid reason, by the way, that being offended was bad. Being offended is great because it means that people can say things that are offensive without going to jail. Well, until about a couple of years ago when the FBI got involved. There you go. There you go. All right, let's move on. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, most voters view President Joe Biden unfavorably. I know I'm a surprise as much as this appears to be linked to uh, dour economic policies as eight in 10 Americans say they've been impacted by inflation. 55% of likely general voter election voters disapprove of Biden's handling his job. Among those, 39% strongly, notably 61% of independents. That's not good. I'm independent. <clears throat> as well as 21% of Democrats disapprove of Joe Biden. As far as the economy, 84% say they've been impacted by inflation in some way. Of those, 46% say they are actively struggling. 46% actively struggling. Kind of harkens back to the Norman Lear times, right? Getting through it. Getting through it all. Keeping positive when you can. Yeah, temporary layoff, good times. <laughs> yeah, 38% said they are impacted but not necessarily struggling. Only 16% said they've seen no change in the impacts of inflation. But, I mean, we are feeling this. Biden costs uh, Americans an additional $25,000 from Paul Bedard since President Biden took office. People are facing an annual inflation tab at over $11,000. And then you add in all of the hidden costs of regulation and whatnot, add another fourteen five dollars onto that. You're paying $25,000 a year in some way, shape, or form to, uh, to prop up this failed bureaucracy. All right, on the way. I've got some great uh, testimony on Capitol Hill from uh, Karens who run America's top universities. That's on the other side of this, and this is The Rob Carson Show.
Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's TWC Health slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. My, uh, my boss, Lee, he wrote me, giving me a little uh, information on Sammy Davis Jr. and All in the Family, whatever. Um, uh, there was a drag queen, Lori Shannon, on All in the Family. This is about 1975-ish or so, uh, and, uh, in which uh, Archie Bunker gives him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, not realizing he's a male. <laughs> And it was like uh, that was like fifty years ago, man. I mean, honestly, uh, yeah, we didn't get too bent out of shape about stuff like that. That's the thing we uh, we failed to realize how glorious it is to be offended and be able to offend. I mean, honestly, who gets butt hurt being offended? I never call to cancel anybody unless you know they they espouse I don't know uh, elimination of the Jews. Well, you know, then I got a real problem with it. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't get too offended. I don't take a, too bent out of shape. I watch Bill Maher. He offends me. But, you know, I still let him, I like to, you know, let him do the show. If you don't want to watch the show, don't watch the show. If you don't like Dave Chappelle, you, you know, he had, a, he had a Sticks and Stones, one of his uh, shows last year, and he did a couple of jokes about Michael Jackson. I thought they were offensive personally, but I watched the rest of the show. You know, it's ridiculous. I think we need a little uh, comedic uh, interlude, a palate cleanser. This is brand new from Jim Gossett about our dear leader, Joe Schlemmer. Under the table is how Joe's paid. Millions from China he has made. FBI work with him. and corruption, he wrote the book. Oh, yeah. And his son Hunter's a major crook. Joe, Joe, Joe makes lots of dough. Joe, 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 is ethics are low under the table? Quick, quick, quick. A cup for the big guy should do the trick. I hear Hunter likes ho, ho, ho. Anyone out there with half a brain knows that Joe blackmailed Ukraine. That's offensive. And the prosecutor who wants his son or the deal for a billion won't get done. Quid pro quo, blackmailing Joe. Quid pro quo, Joe needs to go. Under a night hunt, they both should be. What can you call it but bribery? There you go. 
That is just awesome. And, uh, and uh, many Christmases have been purchased in the Biden household from, uh, you know, China and Ukraine and Romania and other, you know, really unsavory and corrupt countries around the world. And it's all coming out. It is all coming out. Hopefully, maybe, maybe if we're good, the little GOP elves in Congress will deliver an impeachment. Okay, no, it's not going to work. I, I don't even want to associate the uh, the Congress with the elves. <laughs> I don't think so, man. Man, did you see this yesterday? You had all these, uh, these uh, well, they're Karens. Uh, we had the uh, several, like Claudine Gay up there from Harvard is up there. And, uh, and who else? The University of Pennsylvania president was up there. And, uh, and MIT was up there. And they're all a bunch of Karens. I mean, they're all, and listen, I'm not meaning to disparage women in any way, shape, or form. I'm talking about liberal Karens. Liberal Karens are ground zero for political correctness and all of this nonsense. They're willing to step forward and be offended for other people, even though the offense was never there. I.e., I don't know, getting rid of uh, mascots at universities like the Redskins. Do you think the Native Americans were really hacked about it? No, not really. <clears throat> but a whole bunch of liberal Karens like these women, these university presidents, were willing to step forward and be offended and ultimately facilitate the destruction of that franchise. Aunt Jemima, Christmas in, uh, in, in schools. I can go on and on and on and on and on. And now they are allowing anti-Semitism to rise on campus. And don't, don't get me wrong. This anti-Semitism on campus didn't just suddenly appear after October the 7th and after the lie of the uh, a hospital bombing that uh, American media carried. Anti-Semitism had been on the rise. Uh, Karens like this allowed it to foment and the one thing about these, and I'm going to play some of the testimony here, is that these Karens all say that they are about freedom of expression, but they are not. Conservative thought is crushed on these campi. There is no debate about it. Conservative speakers are chased off and harassed. Jewish students have been chased and harassed, and they have been told at places like the University of Pennsylvania, don't wear your yarmulke because you might get attacked. When did that become acceptable? Well, it didn't. And these universities, A, need to find new leadership, and B, if they don't fix it, defund the crap out of them. Now, this is Elise Stefanik. She's a spectacular congresswoman from uh, New York City. Uh, starting the conference talking about the anti-Semitism that is going on in on America's campi. Joining us today to share their personal stories, we have four incredibly brave students, Talia, Bella, Eyal, and Jonathan. Jewish students, faculty, and communities at these so-called elite institutions, including my alma mater, Harvard, Jewish students are facing sustained attacks from students and professors who are openly propagandizing terror. Yeah, and they do it every day in class. And if you are conservative or you disagree in any way, shape, or form, you will be punished for it. You will be ostracized. And now it's moved into hide in your room, cover up who you are. You've had to do it as a conservative, but now you have to do it if you're a Jew. Can you imagine? On a major university campus, putting a Trump flag in a window of your dorm room, you'd get your window knocked out. That's the way it works. 
and and conservatives have had to hide everything. Guys, I can't even tell you the number of times I've had to either not say I'm a conservative or not uh, put a sticker on my car. I put a sticker on my car here in Kansas City. Some jackass came up and took my license plate. In Washington, D.C., I had a I had a sticker. It was the iconic picture of uh, Barack Obama that said hope, but I replaced it with nope. I had a guy tailgate me in a tractor trailer, near me, nearly run me off the highway, and then my car was vandalized in the parking garage where I used to work. And that's been going on in campuses for decades. This is a young man, a student at UPenn, which, by the way, University of Pennsylvania should be defunded. The money to the Penn Biden Center, the classified documents in the Penn Biden Center, and the millions and millions and millions of dollars they've gotten from communist China and their affiliate, their affiliation with Joe Biden and his crooked family. Well, I'm both honored and thankful to be here. All right, it is, uh, it is beginning to uh, load. I, All right, here we go. Come on, play for me. For some odd reason, this... Uh, should not be here today. Cut's being weird. I should be... Okay, I'll step off that uh, cut because it's, um, it's buffering. It's buffering. So let's move on to this. This is Elise Stefanik taking down all three of these university presidents. I'm going to sk- let this run because it is absolutely remarkable. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? Targeted at individuals, not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada, so those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules. That would be um, investigated of, as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassed. Now, here's the thing. If the speech turns into conduct, so you're saying and you're calling for the genocide of the Jews, and the university president says that's fine until the genocide happens. Yes. I am asking specifically calling for the genocide of Jews. If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision. It is a context-dependent decision. That is a Karen, and that is faculty lounge gobbledygook. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. Is if the yes or becomes, no. If the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted at an individual. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Yeah, when you call on campus for genocide, that is not protected speech. That should be obvious. But, of course, these Karens don't understand that. They only go after they only go after conservative speech. I think I have that, uh, that other cut from the University of Pennsylvania student. Let's see if it'll play now. Well, I'm both honored and thankful to be here. I should not be here today. I should be studying for my upcoming finals. I should be taking in every moment. His name is Iyal Yacobi. I played a little bit of him yesterday. Every experience as an undergraduate student in my senior year of college. 
So while I should not be here today, I am. Because 36 hours ago, Listen to I, this. along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms. As classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. Um, yeah, is this speech that's protected university presidents? Well, they said yes it is, unless it results in genocide. But the genocide has to happen first. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring university's president swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. Yeah. Uh, these uh, universities are nothing more than uh, than uh, communist mills. Uh, they do not educate your children. They do not do what they uh, the promise, which is to make them uh, more successful in society, to make them uh, useful members of society, to uh, to get them uh, prepared for a life so they would have an acumen and a way of, of living. But instead, it is nothing more than a massive way to gather money from any uh, rogue country in the world, espouse uh, policies that are incredibly left of center and communistic, and ultimately produce a bunch of ill-equipped, America-hating communists when they graduate. And it's been going on forever, and it's not funny, and it never has been. You should never, ever, ever in your life expect your children to go off to college and come back as America-hating communists. And I do use uh, the commun the use communists quite deliberately, to be quite honest. To be quite honest, yeah. Uh, by that way, that U U Penn student, uh, some of those U Penn students went to a Jewish deli in Philadelphia that evening and did this. I want you to listen to this real quick here because, you know, I said that these uh, protests are astroturf. They, they're made up. They, the United States, by and large, uh, over 80% of the population supports Israel. Uh, very few people support the Palestinian state and nobody supports Hamas. Unless, of course, you're like uh, Rashida Tlaib, the squad, and, and select Democrats around the country. But I want you to listen to the voice of this person versus who we just heard in Philadelphia. All right? Listen to this. Why is uh Why are these protests being led by women? Why why is that? It's kind of weird. Uh, this is um, uh, Claudine Gay being questioned by Representative Mary Miller about what she's done uh, with regard to hate speech and threats by individuals. And they are happening on college campuses. They're terrifying Jewish students, and that should result in an expulsion. The students accountable to the same set of disciplinary mm -hmm. processes that we hold all of our students accountable to. 
So you have not expelled anybody? I'm assuming your non-answer is an answer to the students. They now know you have not expelled any foreign student for threatening the Jewish students. Wow. Dr. Gay, if Harvard found out that a student organization was taking money or taking money from or coordinating with a foreign terrorist organization, would you immediately suspend that student organization? So our student organizations are recognized the condition that apply with Harvard policies. When they violate those policies, there are repercussions. You ever notice that these uh, liberals, uh, these uh, academics sound exactly like Chris Ray and all of these these uh, leftists who get called before Congress, they never answer a question, they dance around it. Isn't that remarkable? Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. is gonna get nuts he's just getting a head start it's the rob carson show <laughs> yeah pretty much i uh, i definitely have a head start on the nuts thing for sure dr gay a harvard student calling for the mass murder of african americans is not protected free speech at harvard correct our commitment to it's free a yes speech. or no question is that corrected is that this sounds just like when they get uh, you know christopher ray and alejandro amore mayorkas in uh, in front of congress this is the president of harvard university being questioned by elise stefanik about hate speech saying people saying that they wanted to kill all the jews and whether that is allowed okay for students to call for the mass murder of african americans at harvard is that protected free speech huh, what about that our commitment to free speech. It's a yes extends. or no question. There you go. There you go. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. Oh, yes, I've heard the term. Dear God, woman, I have been on the planet and I'm not an academic. I've been hearing that word for 40 years. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. She didn't ask the answer the question. She just said it's abhorrent because she's so smart. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, Intifada revolution, and, quote, globalize the Intifada. Is now, to Jewish students, that's the same thing as a bunch of white people marching through the campus saying kill all the blacks. Yes, it is. Give me a break. That correct. I've heard that thoughtless reckless and hateful language what have you done about it on our campus yes so based upon your testimony you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the jewish people in israel and globally correct i will say again that type <laughs> here of we go. hateful here we speech go. Chris Ray. is personally abhorrent to me <laughs> do you cares? believe that type of hateful speech who cares what you think about it do something about it Dear God, nobody cares what you think of it. What are you doing about it to the people it's impacting and terrorizing? Is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values oh, of Harvard. God in heaven. What Can are your you values? not say here that it is against also... the code of conduct at Harvard? Unbelievable. Honestly, unbelievable. And it isn't kind of interesting. That the the heads of these universities, uh, MIT, University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, they have been so 
want to uh, uh, condemn the anti-Semitism on campus. They're not doing a damn thing about it. And isn't it weird that women women's groups, you know, you've got uh, a National Organization for Women, you've got the uh, UN Women's Organization, all they've said nothing about the rapes and murders of of uh, uh, of Israeli women on October the seventh, and I've got details on it that are going to make you throw up. And they and they haven't said anything. The the National Organization for Women, nothing. Michelle Obama, nothing. You know why? Because at the heart of all of this, socialism, leftism is number one. Everything else pales by comparison, and they are tacitly, if not actively, anti-Semitic. That's a tenet of socialism. Hitler, anybody? He was a socialist. Let's take a break and come back. It's a Rob Carson Show. All right, hour number two. A Trump freaks out the left by saying what he'd do on day one. Christopher Ray is destroyed on Capitol Hill about surveilling Americans, including Catholic choir directors, and billions of EVs been spent on EVs. Not one single charging station has been built. 